ElectroCast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome, 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 kind listeners to the first ever episode of the Armchairs Ask Athletes podcast. A wonderful interview coming up with uh, professional MMA fighter Hillary Rose. But for now, I want to introduce the team. I have my co-host extraordinaire, Mike Marcangelo. Mike, how's it going? Very good, DK. Thank you so much. It was a, it was a, great, it was a great conversation. I, I look forward to just kind of talking a little bit about it. Yeah, I really loved it. I think Hillary was great. Um, yeah, me and Mike, I feel like went into it not knowing what to expect because neither of us know her in person, but we were just so pleasantly surprised that she just opened up immediately. She was super warm and, and very informative and like anything we wanted to talk about anyway, the conversation went, I feel like she went there with us. what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think she almost went out of her way to make us feel more comfortable, which is odd as a, as the person being interviewed to do that. Usually it's the people that are interviewing the person, but she just had such a natural, like, chemistry about her that it's hard not to just warm up to her um and i just felt like the entire uh conversation was just a conversation right everything happened like naturally it didn't feel forced in, in any way and i mean i loved um obviously like when you guys listen to the interview you're going to hear a really cool story that she tells about just, just training someone uh, for mma just like a couple basic moves but that question came out of nowhere that response came out of nowhere um i loved it i was i was shocked i was pleasantly surprised yeah, it was, uh, it's going to be a tough act to follow, I think. But I'm really glad that we got her for our first episode to kick off this, this show inside the SNSW Network. Um, episode one, Armchairs Ask Athletes, Hillary Rose. She fights on TV, ESPN Plus, Dana White's Contender Series, Tuesday, August 18th. And you should tune in and we'll all be cheering for her here at The Wrap. Hillary, how's it going? I'm good. How are you guys? We're so good. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm happy um, to be on here. I'm super excited. So big fight coming up. I, I would say it's the biggest fight of your career so far, right? No doubt the biggest fight of my career so far. So definitely nervous, but super excited to go out there and, you know, perform and put on a show for the whole world. Yeah. So talk to me about your opponent. It seems like she's, uh, she's got the same record as you, same professional yep. record, four and one. Yeah. Um, and you're coming in uh, to, because, because of the pressure of the fight, I'm sure she's experiencing it too, but. Um, Definitely. Does the, opponent, does the opponent matter to you? Is it, is it a game plan thing? Is it just execute your game plan no matter what? Or is it, no, we're preparing for this fight specifically. Yeah. Um, I think we always have game plans, but it varies. Like, um, I never expect the same fighter that I see in the cage. Like the last time I saw her fight, like um, I haven't fought in over a year. I've had like some ups and downs, people sign contracts, people back out. So I haven't been able to fight in like a year, but she fought, you know, like three, four months ago or like before COVID happens. Um, so, you know, I anticipate, you know, people go back to their natural habits of things that they do in a fight, but you know, I'm not the, her last person that she fought. So she's probably, you know, game planning a little bit. I game plan a little bit, but you know, once you're in there and you get hit, shit changes. So <laughs> everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? 100%. And that's a yeah. real fact. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I try to avoid learning that lesson in my life, but hey, you know, if you say so. Yeah, um, no, it's true. So what's dangerous about this girl? What are you, what are you going in and, and preparing for the most? Um, you know what I think she's really dangerous is she comes really forward. She's very gritty. 
Um, she looks very powerful and she has like a, a really great double underhook and like a judo throw. So, you know, I can't anticipate maybe those things will happen, but, um, you know, obviously my coaches and I, my teammates, we work to, you know, things to avoid those, but you know, sometimes you fall into those types of things, but you know, I think she's tough and she's coming to fight, you know, we're both want a contract, you know, this isn't like a regular local fight as a professional, you know, we're, we're both going and we're both want the same thing. So I'm expecting, you know, the best version of her. Um, and if she's training as hard as I'm training, I know that she's coming to fight. So it's interesting because I did my homework on you. I watched, um, I watched a few of your fights coming into this yeah, and you say she comes forward, but you come forward. That's I know people say that and I don't realize that like that doesn't register in my brain. I feel like I'm not, I don't come forward, but I guess really, I do. Really? Yeah. I feel it. I mean, I'm just watching you. I feel like that, you know, you have a, this is my, this is my mat mentality yeah. going in, but um, you know, that's why I'm, I'm so curious. I'm so interested to see this fight. Cause if you say that she's, she's yeah. game, I know your game. So yeah, we're both games. So I think that's yeah. what's going to be good is we're going to, we're very similar. So when I went out to Vegas, you know, they measure your limbs, they measure everything and we're identical other than age. Oh, so wow. like our limbs are the same, our length is the same, our height is the same. So it's going to be cr- really curious to see like, how different we use our bodies and how who wants it more it's a who wants, who wants it more it situation more. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so it's gonna be fun and the thing is i think we can her and i will be able to showcase our skills really well like mm-hmm. by fighting each other so you know maybe she's cool. gonna really hit me hard and do something really great but then the next minute i'm gonna really do something great i think that we'll be able to put on like a really great performance because of the way we both mm-hmm. fight so i mean that's that's those make for the best fights, right? Go ahead. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So, so you had mentioned Hillary that, that you haven't fought in about a year, right? And mm-hmm. that your opponent has fought within like the last four months. So how does that change your training, like regimen and mentality? Like, what do you do differently knowing that you've had a year layoff? Um, with a year layoff, you know, I am a drastically different fighter. I am not the same person that stepped in the cage last time. Um, I got in the cage. I've had a full year of just breaking it down and getting better and focusing on little things, power, speed, you know, fast twitch motion in my jujitsu. So in the last year I got my brown belt in jujitsu. Um, so I'm getting Congrats. close to black belt. So, you know, I think that my grappling will be kind of an advantage, you know, if we get to the ground, but you know, again, it's MMA fighting, so it's not a grappling match, but um, yeah, I don't think that, take the year off is like, I'm going to be rusty going into the fight. I had one of my best fights. I broke my hands and had like 16 months off. And then I came back and had one of the best fights I've ever had um, as an amateur. So I'm thinking that maybe that's going to be similar. I'm going to go out there, you know, really, really nervous, but that I'll feel like I'm back in home once I'm back in the cage. So because it's been so long, I think it's going to almost be an enjoying thing to be in there. And um, it's like tunnel vision. You're like, you don't even remember what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's an interesting thing in the sport, right? I feel like there's a lot of debate about ring rust and what, you know, what, um, what effect layoffs have on different athletes from, from my perspective, it depends on, on the fighter. You know what I mean? I I feel like it's, it depends on if it gets in your head or not, what you've done to improve. I mean, the sport's all about growth. You know what I mean? It's all about growth. It's, it's all about um, what you can do, you know, in the off season to, to kind of come back and like improve. Now, yeah. if you, if you lose three fights in a row and then you take a year off, you might be completely in your head when you come back, you know exactly. what I mean? You, you, you might come exactly. back for the wrong reasons. If you go and fight Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match and then you come back, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're going to, you know, maybe you're going to just be a little yeah. off, be a little rusty. Who knows? 100%, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but and, it, and, I think like, it depends. is a thing. Like, I think it's mental. Like if you think you're going to go into the cage and you're like, Oh, it's been a while. Shit. Like, how am I going to perform? Yeah. That's mental. So uh, it's literally 90% of fighting is mental. And I think that's probably one of my biggest things is like believing in myself and the self doubt, like tell myself, Oh, you know, I'm getting this opportunity for a reason. I've worked really hard for this and just continuing to tell myself that like, I think that I'm fully well prepared and, you know, I know my skills and my ability. It's more just, you know, believing in them and going out there and just fucking doing the thing. So it's, it's just believing in myself. I know I've been training since I was 14. So you know, my body knows it and my body's going to react, but you know, just, I got to just believe and just go out there and do the thing. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you just brought up something that, that I really wanted to ask you for like the last, the last week is like, you've said that you've been training since you were 14. Yeah. What was that moment in time like that you knew that you wanted to be a fighter? Like what, like what was going, like what happened around you? I'm always really interested in that story. 
Well, I think being in an MMA gym, you know, you're surrounded by other people who fight, but I, you know, there's not very many women around. Like I'm in a gym and I train with another young girl. She's 19. She fights. Um, and when I came into the gym, there was girls in the gym who were older than me, but they did Muay Thai. So it's like strictly Muay Thai stuff, um, which was like just stand up based um, kickboxing type things. So when I got to like 16, I had my first Muay Thai fight and I was training with some of the girls, but mostly guys. Um, and I think after the, I did these Muay Thai fights with were like smokers and I kept going for takedowns, which I didn't grapple at all at this point. So I had no grappling experience, but the thing is I was getting hit and I was just like, I'm going to put you on your ass now. Yeah. And you know, you get points deducted for things like that. So I think after those, I kind of was like, ah, I'm going to start to mingle with some jujitsu. And then I became obsessed with jujitsu. And um, after a few years of training and merging the two together and practicing with the guys here at the gym that, I was like, all right, I, I want to do an MMA fight. And my coaches thought I was ready. And um, I had my first one and I won by head kick knockout, like dead seizing chick on the ground. And I think I was like, holy shit, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is cool. <laughs> so it was cool. And then, I, you know, I lost my second amateur fight, but it's still like, it's, it was good. It, it, I had that really good highlight reel. But then, you know, I got my ass checked too. Like, you know, all right, you still have to practice and you have to get better. And like you said earlier, you know, this is a constant sport that's growing. You know, you can't just be good at one thing. You have to be good at everything. So, you know, I can't just be good at wrestling. I can't just be a boxer. I have to be good at boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, everything. So. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how much, um, like being a woman in sports in general is yeah. always a little bit more difficult because the platforms aren't quite as high. Yeah. With MMA, particularly with the UFC, I feel women have been elevated to an, an equal platform a lot because of Ronda, you know, like yeah, the, the, le definitely. the levels that she she got to. Mike and I were discussing it before um, you came on. Uh, her career was so interesting to follow because of Crazy. her draw, her, her personality, like the things that she was doing. And, yeah. you know, because it was so new to see women fighting at this level. Yeah. You know? I wonder when you're getting into this, how much does it impact your decision-making to go with this sport? I can take it all the way with yeah. this sport. I can become Rhonda. I can become Amanda Nunez. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, even in, in your division alone, if you stay at, at 115 yeah. and you know, I want to talk later about, about uh, your weight classes. And if, if you ever think about going up to 125, but if you stay at 115, you know, you're talking about Rose, you know, Joanna, yeah. right. You like Rose. I love Rose. Rose, love Rose. My, she's, yeah. I've been watching her since Invicta before she was in UFC on top. I love it. She is my absolute favorite. I love her so much. <laughs> oh, that's great. She's the best. She's so yes. cool. Um, the best humble fighter ever. Yeah. And another Rose, you know, Rose yes, v. Rose. That's right. Maybe one that's day. That's what they call me. <laughs> they call me Thug Rose. I, I uh, cross train it. at Lozons. And um, yeah. every time they see me, they always yell, Thug Rose. <laughs> <laughs> like DC. Like DC yelling yeah, that exactly. out there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> um, that's awesome. But, you know, we these are super high level uh, girls that are women that are, are fighting, you know, at, yeah. at this weight class and, and this platform. And, and, you know, it's like, I love Rose. You know, I love yeah. Yuana. I love watching these girls fight. Amazing. You know, and it's, it's, Watching these, watching these cards because you go, you know, you turn in a, a fight night on a Saturday, you, you'll go girl fight, guy fight, girl fight, guy fight. Yeah. And both are, are compelling and interesting and like everything that's going on. I don't think there's another sport, maybe tennis, maybe, yeah. but like there's no other sport that I think equalizes the athletes. I agree. Funny enough, you know, because it's mm -hmm. cage fighting. Now, yeah. like, did that impact your decision making when you were, when you started to train with that, that you could get a fair shot, like a fair shake at this? I definitely think so. And I think, you know, with the support system that I have, um, I know that right now I am in the perfect time to be a female MMA fighter. Like five years from now, it's going to blow up. Like women are going to be all over the UFC, this and that. And even in the time with Ronda to now, you know, there's obviously tons of women, but I feel that right now I'm in the prime time of women joining and being in the UFC, you know, like you said, like other sports, you don't see it. Like, you know, maybe tennis, but it's not like softball to baseball. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I think women still know right now that they have to go out there and they have to perform. And I think that's why they end up with really, really great fights because they know that, you know, they have to remain at this high level and, you know, put on these performances because there's always someone, you know, who's talking behind a camera or doing whatever. So, and again, you want to just impress people. And I think women know they have to go out there and put on a show and, you know, the reason we all can fight in the UFC is because of Ronda Rousey, regardless of her, you know, 
ups and downs with the fighting. Mm-hmm. She is the reason, a lot of the reason why we're there. You know, she drew attention to Dana and Dana was like, this chick's got the real deal. And, you know, she's a lot of the reason, you know, I, I always looked up to her, but never did. I always watched a lot of other fighters, but I mean, she is the, she is the, you think female fighting and people go, who Ronda Rousey? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what people say, you know, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's, it's an amazing time to watch women compete. It's such a crazy sport and, you know, maybe not crazy is the term, but it, it's it, pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty I, I mean, it's crazy, it, but it's <laughs> fun and it's intriguing and people who are educated on the sport, even just a little bit, jujitsu, grappling, boxing, you know, they're invested and they want to watch. And it, it's, it's cool to speak with people who know and aren't just like, Oh, and they land on the ground. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, I think that right now is, you know, the perfect time for me as a professional um, to be in this sport because their eyes are on females right now. You know, there's mm-hmm. a, a stacked 155 pound men's division, you know, and there might be a stacked 115 pound strawweight division. But I mean, I still have that opportunity. And if I put on a good performance, it's more likely me who has a record of four and one than a guy who's maybe 10 and two. I'm likely mm-hmm. to get on a card than them if they lose. So I, I have an advantage, even though I have a disadvantage. So it's cool. It's cool to watch and see all the females out there and like put on shows and just dominate. Like I know you were talking about JJ and I don't know if you saw that JJ Wei Lee fight, but I mean, it's probably one of the most amazing women, female fights you'll ever uh, watch in your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and super if you want to get pumped up yeah. for anything, like yeah. watch that fight. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could watch it again because of what happened to you on his head and it was, you know, it, it just, it stayed Scary. with me for a while. It was, she yeah. was like Roger from American dad afterwards, but you had to get the, surgery and like get it drained. I know. Your whole face is black and blue. I know. And actually I personally had her win in that fight. That's just me. Um, it, yeah, but, it, it, was, it was very close. And I know that, yeah. I mean, Rose is going to fight Wei Lee next. And I know that that will happen. And like, I love Wei Lee. Man, I love Rose. And I really, <laughs> it's, I hope it's a really great fight, but it's one of those like fan favorite fights where like, whatever happens. <laughs> totally. I mean, it's, it's got to be awesome, especially at your weight class to have so many women. It is. To, it's to, cool to, to see to. my weight class, but it's also yeah. scary. I'm like, Shoot, when are you gonna have to fight these chicks? <laughs> yeah, you know what? When the time comes, I think you're gonna be you're gonna be plenty confident. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll get to where they're at, and I'll feel comfortable, and it'll be good. And every fight from now until then is gonna be a hard fight. So can't underestimate yeah. anybody. You know, it's funny you brought up Ronda, or you know, we've been talking about Ronda, the crossover appeal that she had when she first came into the sport. I think brought a lot of people in the same way Connor brought a lot of people, me included, yes. you know, I'm an absolute mm-hmm. Connor, Connor casual yeah. um, to just like, that's why I started watching the sport. And like now I watch every week, but it's, that's why I, I came in in the yeah, first yeah. place. I mean, and, they, those types of people draw people in. Yeah, totally. And, and I think Rhonda brought a lot of people in. When you look at someone like say Amanda Nunez, right? Amanda Nunez absolutely puts it to Rhonda when they fight. What's it? The, the, the levels are, clearly completely different and when you look at amanda and the things she's accomplished since then you know double champ beats everybody that comes near her she's completely well-rounded if there was any criticisms of her game initially maybe it was you know a cardio thing she's completely fixed yeah, that right but she doesn't have the crossover appeal that no. ronda had for for, for whatever reason you know when i look at her or mike looks at her you look at uh, an amanda nunez we see Ronda Rousey 2.0, you know, we see a, 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 the, the most skilled mixed martial artist, yeah. women's mixed martial like artist of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, yeah. I would not fight her in a million years. So I mean, give me, she would, give me five if years she to went in the men's 135 division, she would KO those guys. Yeah. I think she'd do pretty well. And I, yeah. and I think, um, I think, you know, to me, it's a little disheartening to see, you know, as yeah, much as, is. yeah, it's like, it's, it's great that we have this platform and it's great. Like all the things we've just been talking about, but I look at Amanda Nunez and I'm like, why is she not as popular as Ronda Rousey? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's, you know, it's like, crazy. Well, and and it, it makes me think what, and this is something that's talked about in, in the sport a ton. When you go in and you, you know, we're, we're, t- we're projecting a year in the future, two years in the future. Hillary Rose is becoming a household name. She's getting advertised every week to, as like to fight on these UFC cards. How much weight do you put in? getting asses in seats, you know, like as Mike always puts it, talking people into the building, you know, it's how how much weight do you put on the WWE Conor McGregor show that, that comes with this sport and, and having that appeal and then subsequently having that power, you know, with, with Dana and with, and with the organization, 
compared to, you just got to win your fights. You know what I mean? It's about being a good fighter. You know, it's yeah. like Habib's never going to be as popular as Connor in a million years, but he also sure. choked him nearly unconscious. So how does that make sense? It's, you know, like, yeah, what, what it, it's crazy. It's in like Amanda Nunes who, you know, and the thing is like that division was so like when Ronda was champ was packed, you know, Misha Tate, Amanda Nunes, Sarah McMahon, all these people. And obviously Ronda ran through all of them, but then Amanda came in, and now it's like it's no division. She's just beat everybody, and there's no one for her to fight, whether it's 45 or 35. And it's – I feel like it's sad because there's a lack of women in that weight division, and she's mm-hmm. not – yeah, it's it's weird that she doesn't blow up. It's like that sex appeal thing, you know? It's just mm-hmm. like – I don't know if you watched recently, you know, Paige Van Zandt get her ass whooped real bad recently, you Badly. know? Yeah. She was so popular because she has sex appeal and she's very likable yeah. and, you know, and I get that and that's great, but that only goes so far. Like it, yeah. it only goes so far. Like I would love to fight Paige Van Zandt next week. Like I think I'd do okay. You know, <laughs> I think you would too. <laughs> she's well, great. Thing, though, I'm not right? taking I mean, anything from her, sure. but you know, she went in there like in the UFC as like three and oh, and just didn't have mm-hmm. the experience, that much experience. And now she's kind of lacking. She's had a few injuries. It's not, it's that sex appeal thing where, you know, mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes maybe doesn't have that sex appeal that Ronda Rousey had. And it, mm. it's very, you know, they want to sell people and get people in the stands. And even with Connor, maybe not sex appeal, but that personality, Nate Diaz, eh, fuck you, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to whoop your ass. So it's yeah. Amanda comes in and she's tough and she's hard and she's strong. But I mean, it, it's crazy. It's very strange. It's even like with Wei Lee as the strawweight champ. Like you don't yeah. see them blowing her up and she put yeah. on a hell of a show. Yeah. So it, it's, it's give or take. I, I don't yeah. know. Well, yeah. With that, like, with that popularity. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, I feel like when you talk people into the building, that only works when you're winning and you have yeah. one more shot after you get your ass kicked, right? Like yeah. Ronda got knocked out by Holly Holm and she had one more shot to do it. Yeah. And then Amanda just ran through like a Mack truck. Ran right? through. Right now Amanda is there. Whoever talks people into the building, they're going to see her just whoop somebody's ass. Yeah. And, and you know, and like the fact that she took it out cyborg, so fast and like they blew up cyborg like yeah cyborg's coming to the ufc this and that and then amanda nunez took her and killed her yeah yeah <laughs> that was crazy what it was like crazy. i no one saw that coming no and the thing yeah. is i knew amanda would do okay but when i saw cyborg fight holly Holm and they went five rounds i was like okay you know people can get the best of cyborg mm-hmm. and do this and that but man amanda oh, he yeah. is she on just, another she just level too hard yeah. she just another too hard, level man. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So just to remind everybody, we're here chatting with uh, Hillary Rose. Got a fight coming up on Dana White's Contender Series. Big fight. Big fight for her. Um, Big fight for us now that we're in the Hillary Rose business here on the SNSW network. Um, So, Hillary, when you go into the UFC and you start to inevitably do well at 115, which I think you will, um, the – prospect of going up to 125 is there is that ever something you've ever thought about I think my coaches and I definitely discuss it I've never fought at 125 but you know if it was a short notice fight and the fight was right and you know the opponent was right I think that we would definitely take advantage um and and the pay you know it's all about pay I mean obviously I'm a nobody right now like eventually I'll, I'll be in the UFC and get paid but I think it'll all base off you know who the opponent is, when it is. But I walk around at like 28, one, 27, uh, I'm mm-hmm. to like 32. I'm relatively small. If anything, like if there was a 105 class, I'd probably try to get to that. Um, so your weight cut's not bad. You don't have a, a tough time. No, it's, I mean, I've never not made weight. Um, I've always made weight. I'm always on top of it. Um, and the thing is, I'm strong at 115. I know that I'm strong and I'm fast twitch. And I don't think that the uh, 25ers would be that much bigger. I know girls who fight at 125 and you know I'm relatively close to some of them um but again like if the fight was right and it was short notice and let's say maybe I lose this fight um on August 18th and they short notice are like hey we got a 125 fight here's your time let's go we would say yes like I know that my coaches would say let's do it we'll take the fight and um we'd roll from there but I'd probably stay at 115. Let's not entertain the possibility of you losing that fight I don't think it's going to happen. No me either me either. Yeah, I, th- I have all the faith in the world. Yeah. Um, that's it. It's interesting stuff to, to, to think about that with the weight cutting issue because everybody always advocates for a, for more weight classes in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Now, I yeah. think in, in the women's division specifically, I feel like that would be tough to do because I just I just don't think the talent pool is quite Small. as deep. 
You know, yeah. like I, I think there's a lot of great fighters at the top. I think there's, you know, a lot of great fighters at the top of every division, but it'd be a lot tougher to spread out those weight classes yeah. in the women's division than in the men's division. But I, I can see where Dana's kind of coming from. It's like, everybody's been banging that drum for that. Was it the one, the 165 or the one? Yeah, 165. Division? It goes like 170 yeah. to 185 and then 185 yeah. to 205. Which is crazy. So you drastic, know, is drastic change. And I mean, yeah. I know a lot of guys that should that could fight, you know, at 190, mm-hmm. um, you know, or like 215 or something like that. So it's give or take. Yeah. I mean, with women, like you said, there isn't that many women. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the 115 division and the 25 division is what's really stacked and where most women mm-hmm. probably walk around and like right. hold weight, it's easier and more popular. It's harder to cut weight as a woman though, too, right? I mean, I it feel is, like yeah. I mean, with yeah. hormones and stuff like that, yeah. it's crazy. So, I wonder where that's going to go in the future. You know, when we get more and more women fighters coming in, um, especially the generation that watched Ronda, that watched Amanda, yeah. that's, that starts to go, I can do that. I can, you know, starts to train jujitsu at an earlier age. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's especially in, in um, you know, if you have a little girl and you want her to do something cool and nobody's going to let her play football or, yeah. you know, whatever it is, it's like, go make her an ass kicker. You know what yeah. I mean? Like how many, how many of those women are we going to see cropping up after, after this generation, the next sure. generation? Sure. Like, and I teach a kid's class and I have a bunch of young girls and they grapple yeah. and they do grappling events and they, yeah. you know, it's cool to see young girls who have no fear and they go yeah. in there and they're the same size as like the kid in their class yeah. and they're, you know, picking up the boys and just putting them down and arm locking yeah. them. It's, it's really cool to see. And it's awesome because the boys are like, what the fuck? <laughs> this young girls just picking her up and putting her yeah. down on their ass. So yeah. it's definitely good. And I think, um, I think it's, it's still, I think it's popular jujitsu. Young kids are very into jujitsu right now. I think mm-hmm. girls, um, where striking is still hit or miss. You don't see as many young girls. Literally. Yeah. You don't, you don't see that many. It's more, jujitsu lots of girls grappling and wrestling mm-hmm. which is great i mean get them started yeah. in that and then when they're you know 13 14 15 start getting them into some sparring put it together yeah. um it's good it's a huge confidence builder i mean to mm-hmm. know that you're a female and you can be you know comfortable and you know if someone tries to attack you this and that um i, I feel confident that i i could protect myself yeah. so yeah. if a young girl even a young boy that i teach something if they feel you know even just a little bit better I mean, it's, it's great. Yeah. And also the, you know, it's funny that you say that because I mean, we, we're not, you don't necessarily have to be training the next generation of Hillary roses to go and yeah. compete professionally. It's, it's, it's a good confidence booster. And like you said, and it, if I think it's, if you're put in a situation, if, if you're a girl and somebody attacks you, like you said, you might, it might just be enough to be calm, you know, and yeah. think of what you have to do, you know, because yeah. in a situation like that, you freeze up, you know, freeze and, and if yeah. you've, if you have any kind of training or, or any kind of like that, those confidence boosters of like, I've, I've been manhandled before, you know what I yeah. mean? In a safe and controlled environment. And I can like get myself out of this. I know the escape, you know? So like, I think yeah. that is definitely a, a super cool and positive thing. And your like, body reacts like you, you, things that you do over and over again, regardless of like, if someone tried to attack me, this and that, my body would react. Their body yeah, yeah. would just, your body, whether it's fight or flight, like your, your body's going to do what it knows if someone grabs you in a certain way or things like that. Yeah. So even just a little, I have a friend and a teammate, Shane, he was dating a girl um, in high school and he showed her like a triangle choke from the ground. Um, and she went to college um, like that following year and called him and said, I was getting sexually assaulted and I put the guy in the move that you showed me and put him to sleep. Did I kill him? And like she was able to get away. Oh my um, gosh. But it shows that like he was just dating this girl for fun and like showed her this triangle, but her instincts kicked mm-hmm. in and she was able to do that and put him to sleep. So, you know, if That's even crazy. just if a girl comes to five jujitsu classes and you learn just a few things, I mean, it could really help any girl, even a guy, you know, yeah. little kids, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, no, awesome. that's, that's, that's an incredible story. And I think, um, I've been thinking a lot, a lot about since you said we were talking about like the stars that, that UFC's created for like Ronda and Connor on, on, the, mm-hmm. on the male side and how there's no other sport that really is 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 equal right and, and it's sad but it's true why do you yeah. think that th- that mixed martial arts in the ufc in particular has no problem leveling the playing fields for men and women um i think maybe because the sport's more raw and it's not a team sport it's i mean it is a team sport but because it's individual that maybe a lot of that is it's it's going to be based off what you're good at and what you're if you're going to perform and not going to perform like 
if Tom Brady misses and they don't catch the ball, like it's, it's a, affects the whole team. But if yeah. I get KO'd or I KO somebody, you know, it affects the whole team. But ultimately it's, I think it's the raw, the raw emotion that keeps people wanting to come in and um, where other sports, you know, baseball gets boring after a while, oh. you know, uh, baseball's I mean, great. People love baseball, but I mean, whenever you watch sports, it's going to be action packed. And I think mm-hmm. that because it's action packed and it's women and men who are always action packed, like regardless of if it's female or male, um, they're coming to show up and it's yeah. not just them doing one thing. They're doing a lot of things. And I think that's why maybe it's, more popular than women in other sports because the actions the actions consistent too you know what i mean it's, it's, you, you can have you can have such a you can have a uh, uh, a bloody and brutal women's fight just as easily as you can have a, a bloody and brutal exactly. men's yeah. fight and if that's what you're you know i feel like when you're first starting to get into the sport that's what's exciting that's what's mm-hmm. crazy you know what mm-hmm. i mean like there's there's um and i watched uh your fight i think it was, must have been two fights to go where you're rolling around with this girl she's on top of you she's obviously like she, she was little squat you know yeah yeah, and yeah you got her with you got her with like a butterfly hook on her leg yep, flipped her over sweats. and you you cranked her with this elbow yep. and she's just bleeding everywhere, everywhere all of a sudden. You know what I mean? And it's like the commentators always do the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's at, you know, in Connecticut or, or at the UFC. They're always <laughs> yeah, going, who's bleeding? Who's bleeding? Who's bleeding? Because her blood's all over you. All over. It's on my face. She's on my bleeding clothes. everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it's all of a sudden, like it was, it became, it went from a kind of an even grappling mm-hmm. exchange, kind of going back and you were kind of getting the edge on the feet a little bit. And yeah. then you just hit her with this, epic elbow yeah and it's the whole thing just changes it you changes. know the whole concept just changes and this is 215 pound women fighting each other and this happens mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so it, it doesn't matter if you're you know 250 pound guy or 115 pound girl the action's consistent you know it's and I think always that's consistent what, and yeah. i think that's why i think that that's you know softball you're hitting a big ball it's not the same as you know get hitting against a uh you know, 95 pitch from, you know, a Red Sox pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. it's different. So mm-hmm. I think with this, it's, they're equal. They're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. We're getting in the cage and fighting and doing the exact same thing. There's no difference in sport or game. It's, it's all the same. And I think that's why women are, you know, it's popular and mm-hmm. yeah, but it's cool. Awesome. <laughs> um, in your last fight, uh, I noticed, and I, I remember, um, seeing a post about this happening, but afterwards, I mean, you got that, you got that girl down on the ground mm-hmm. immediately. I like, we brought up that Conor McGregor Khabib. I feel it felt like it was a it, kind of a rear naked choke, but like kind of a face crank at the same time. It was, time. Yeah, it it was like a face crank where you I weren't under the chin. Ref, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't under her chin, right? You had her, it was her like chin. slight under her chin, but I was over uh, her chin. So she yeah. was kind of like stuck. Yeah. Yeah. She was done one way or the other. So she was done. She would have crushed her jaw or I would have just yeah. adjusted into her movement and it would have been yeah. anyway. Right. So, and that happened really quickly. It was a decisive win. And then mm-hmm. you got on the mic and immediately started showing your personality. It was uncle Dana, get me on that Boston card. I don't yeah, give yeah. a fuck about anything else. I want to yep. be on that Boston card, like whatever. Now that didn't happen. How nope. much do you think of you getting on there and yelling and, and showing the world that like uh, who you are and how, cause it seemed so authentic. You were just so authentically pumped up. Yeah. During, like after that, at, in that after fight, do you think that got their attention or do you like, what do you, what do you think? The thing is, you I think I position? knew that they were watching like maybe not Dana, but um, mm-hmm. I, I knew other people were watching. And so I mm-hmm. think getting someone's attention is what I really wanted. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously that doesn't work out. Things happen. I mean, it, I knew that other people were fighting on the card too. So I wanted to be in the Boston and fight in TD garden. And you know, that'll happen someday. Maybe not, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't happen in October, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, but yeah, I think I was like, yeah, give me that opportunity. Like you're coming to Boston. You know, there isn't many female fighters from Boston, like MMA fighters. There's only a few. I'm like the first one in new England to get this, um, cage, uh, Dana white contenders opportunity. You know, there isn't, New England isn't filled with a bunch of female fighters. And I, you know, I wanted that opportunity and I want to be, you know, the first female out there that's really going to put a name for myself and for my team. And, you know, there's tons of guys and I train with lots of guys, but, you know, I'm a female and I want to represent and, you know, put on shows and, you know, there's not many of us. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to go out there and be a female on that card and in my home, not my hometown, but, you know, in my home city and, you know, perform, but that opportunity will come. 
So definitely. Do you, do you think that that, uh, that that promo after after the fight helped for the contender series, or uh, do you think that, that, that they saw you do that and say, "Wow, we actually we have something here. Like this this yeah. girl can fight and speak." Um, I, the thing is, I always forget that I, I can speak very well. Like, I'm always like, oh, I'm a social weirdo. And my coach is like, no, you know, you interview really well. You talk to people really well. Um, I think maybe for sure it did. I had a few, like, other fights lined up um, in the meantime, like, when I didn't get that opportunity. Um, and uh, Mick Maynard is the uh, well, the guy who picks all the female fights. So, like, there's Sean Shelby. He, he does all the matchups for the men. McMaynard does all the matches for the females. So I was hitting up his DMs at least once a week saying, hey, nice. I know the Contender Series is happening soon. Please keep me in mind. I, I, you know, I want to showcase my skills and do whatever. And, like, every week, like, I, I would send him a message and be like, hey, don't forget about me. I really want this opportunity. Don't forget about me. And then, uh, like, February, I sent him a message that was like, hey, I had a fight lined up. It got canceled. Like, the girl never, like, signed the contract. Please, you know, if you – think about me, get me on contender. Like he always messages back and he's like, yeah, thumbs up. And that. Um, and then in February he sent me a message back and he's like, I'm talking to your coach. And, um, and then that was it. And then my coach called me. And then in February is when I found out that I was going to be on contender. So I've known for a while and was originally supposed to fight um, July 7th, but because of COVID everything changed. So they pushed it back six weeks or eight weeks, whatever it was. Um, but I've known since February. So I've known for a little while. Oh, what a tough um, secret to keep, right? Yeah, I'm sure it was you wanted hard. to tell the world. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I definitely told a few close people to me um, because, you know, it's too exciting to keep in, but they know not to say anything. Like, I told my mm -hmm. sister and she cried, and she was like, oh, my God, I can't tell everybody. She was like, I told a random person at work who doesn't even know you, but I had to tell someone, and I'm like, that's okay. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was exciting. Even when I was in Vegas a few weeks ago, I was like, hey, uh, when can I talk about this? Like, is this something that we can talk about soon? And they're like, uh, not till they put your name out there. And, like, last week um, or, like, mm -hmm. the week before, when the video came out and I was in it, I was like, okay, now I can talk about this. <laughs> yeah, how cool was that, seeing you show up in the promo? It was super cool because there's, um, like, 12 female fights, and they only put me and the girl I'm fighting in the promo. So it was cool to – be in the promo and like people send it to me and be like, holy shit, this is you. And I was like, I know it's so cool. I like cried. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> You've got the star power thing down. Now you just got to go win a few mixed martial arts fights. That's the easy part. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to keep with it. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Um, did I see you were training with uh, Platinum Mike Perry recently? Did that okay, happen? No, every, my strength and conditioning coach's name is Mike Perry. I get people who send me messages like Mike Perry or training with Mike Perry. And I'm like, no strength and conditioning yeah. coach. This guy's much better than Mike Perry. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, cause like, level. yeah, you're like going to train with Mike Perry. I'm like, what's he going to teach you how to do? You know, <laughs> get, get your nose broken. <laughs> get myself in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can I get a bar fight? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, he's, yes. He's the superior Mike Perry for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> So coming into this, like, uh, what kind of, like, I personally in the UFC love pageantry, all the pageantry that goes along with it. My favorite moment, the Conor McGregor walkout, you know, like the big walkout moment of like the, the Irish, uh, yeah, yeah. O'Connor song coming on. Yep. And then like, it, you know, it goes into Biggie, like Israel Adesanya, one of my favorite fighters right now. Yeah. Now, obviously we can see clearly from this interview and from, you know, some of the other stuff we watch, you've got all the personality in the world. What, like what, what kind of thing do you think you can showcase going in for walkouts, pageantry, all this kind of stuff? Are you, yeah. are you focused? Are you laser focused going in? Does it, does that stuff not matter to you? What is it? Oh, usually like the thing is I don't fight with anger. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I love to fight. Like fighting is who I am. I think people go into fights and they have to hate their opponent or like get down deep and like be mad. But I'm genuinely like, I'm happy to be there. Like if you watch my fights, I always walk out in a dress and of boots. Like that was my thing. I always wore Ugg boots in a dress, but now I can't do yeah. that because of the UFC. So yeah. I'll be able, I'll have to walk out in other things, which is whatever. I mean, I don't care. But that was my thing. My thing was I wear a dress and I wear Ugg boots because when I'm not in the cage, you know, I'm just a typical chick who likes to go out and hang out and be with my friends. And mm -hmm. I mean, my friends are all in the gym. I don't have that many friends, but <laughs> when I go out, <laughs> you know, I like to dress up and feel like I'm an actual woman, you know, because most mm -hmm. people are like, man, I never see you look like you know, dressed up. I came to the gym the other day and I had like a dress on and my hair was down. And 
uh, one of the kids that I know, he's like, I've never seen you in a dress before. He's like, you look like a completely different person. And I was like, yeah, I know. I can, I can clean up. Okay. Yeah. I, w- I wonder how much of that factors in for you personally though. You know, are you, I mean, I know you're in a position now where you're probably just focused so much more on the fights and your opponents and the people that you have to go and beat in a physical competition, which I'm sure is like the bigger deal. But yeah. how, how much of the, your brand have you thought about? Like, are you, are you thinking about who who you are and, and who how you're going to be represented to the general public once you inevitably take off? Because I can see yeah. from just from talking to you that that's obviously going to happen. You know, you got yeah. all the star power in the world, but like, is, is it just going to be, I'm just going to go out there and be myself or? Yeah, you know, I'm just going to be myself. I don't think that I have any sort of like, you know, persona that I'm trying to be. I think I'm just, I'm pretty authentic and I'm, I'm who I am. I'm not trying to like draw attention. Like the girl I'm fighting has like 30,000 followers on Instagram. And like, I I don't, I got like 1200 followers on Instagram. Like I'm not, I'm not displaying myself in a certain way. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm very confident in who I am and my ability and my skill. And I think, you know, maybe as you know, I get more popular and the media gets more popular that maybe that'll change. But, you know, for me, it's more just being my authentic self. And, you know, I, I find that I'm a likable person and, you know, if I'm likable, people will like me. And if I can perform, people will want to watch me perform. So mm-hmm. I think with the two of those together, that that's, you know, a, very beneficial for me. You watch, some fights, like you said, you watch fights like Carla Esparza. I mean, she's great, but she doesn't have a personality. Like right. y- you need a little bit of a personality. You need right. to go out there and be able to talk to people and get mm-hmm. people to like you um, inside and outside of the cage. And I think that that's really important. Um, so I think that maybe as I grow, things will change, but I'm more focused on just being my authentic self and who I am and, you know, believing in my skills and my ability and inside and outside of the cage. So I think MMA fans are a discerning bunch too. You know, it's like, have you seen, I'm sure you've, it seems like you're pretty knowledgeable about both sides of the sport, but uh, the thing that I've been watching closely is this whole Colby Covington, you know, persona that he's invented, you know, this, this, yeah, it's obviously fake. I mean, it's it's this, Henry yeah, Cejudo oh, and his cringe the, thing. Like, the cringe thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, but, but it's not like anyone ever thought like it didn't really work. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's like, I, I think what uh, kind of elevated Rhonda and, and projected Connor into the stratosphere is I feel like if you were hanging out with Connor McGregor, that's what he'd be like. That's you who, know what yeah, I mean? It's, I agree. it's just like, it's just who he is, you know, and like, like him or not. And he can be an asshole. They said, but it's like it's clearly authentic, you know. Yeah, so I think that, I think authenticity is a big is a big part of it because when you do this, like you know, Kobe Covington, I'm in a MAGA hat, but then you go and get your jaw broken by Kamaru Usman, nobody yeah. gives a shit anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like exactly. it's just you're just annoying, so go away. So like people, it's annoying. Can, like, people can see it. Yeah. And if he did like a little less of that, like the thing is, I can't take anything away from him. One of my favorite fights is him versus Robbie Lawler. I mean, Great he fight. touched the target the entire time. Like they're it was like one of the most strikes ever thrown inside a UFC fight. He touched the target, touched the target, touched the target. It was always touching him. Like if he just like lightened up on his damn take, like let me mm-hmm. smack this chick's ass and like all this mm-hmm. shit, like people would like him more, but. That's, but that's, that's why he his, did it though. Right. Because I yeah. don't think he was, I think he was, I, th- I feel like a lot of athletes in the sport get caught in that kind of middle zone where yeah. they'll win all their fights, but nobody gives a shit about them. So it's, it doesn't, you know, it's, I almost feel for, for Colby in a way and, and Henry, yeah. because it's like, they're, they're obviously top level competitors, but they got to make up some song and dance to, to get on yeah. the, anyone's radar, you know? And, yeah. and I think a lot of that's Connor's fault. You know, a lot of yeah. that's, a lot of that's the, the, the promotion's fault, but mostly yeah. it's just the fans, you know, so if the fans yeah. are going to buy into it, then you got to do it. And work. the fans will, cause you know, there's the Trump people who are like, yeah, this guy loves mm-hmm. Trump. He's at the white house with the president. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, of course. so you have those people who are going to be like, yeah, cool. I yeah. love this guy. And then you're going to have people like, I hate him because he yeah. likes the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's also, it's, I mean, it's like turning heel in the WWE, you know, if you yes. hate him, you're still, yeah. you're still going to see you're him. Still you're still going, going to, to see him get his ass kicked. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you're going to watch. That's the thing yeah. is no matter how much you hate people, people always watch. They want to watch you either lose and get your ass whooped or they, you know, they'll see yeah. you win and then they'll be mad on the internet about it. That's right. <laughs> All those keyboard warriors out there. Yes. So, it's hard to not listen to those people. Oh, I, I can't imagine. So, like, I, what are, like, some of the worst things that you've read, like, about you? Like, that from, from, like, just assholes on the internet. More just, like, uh, like I think I won my, when I won my last fight and I, I said, like, oh, you know, I want to fight in the UFC in December, 
there is like someone who's like, this chick fights cans. She hasn't fought anybody tough. She's never going to make it in the UFC. And like, I just comment back and I'm like, eh, if I get KO'd, at least it was in the UFC. Yeah, not my mom's basement, right? Yeah, right yeah exactly. So, but I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't really get bothered by that. Like right now, they have our names up on like a tapology. And I'm at like an 8% chance of winning. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, how sad. <laughs> she's, she's likable. She has like, again, 30,000 followers on Instagram. So people know who she is, but people will know who I am pretty soon when I beat her. That's right. It feels like she's trying to go like more the Gina Carano route and like be and that crossover, that sex appeal, whereas you're just yeah. going to sit at Octagon, love being yeah. there and just knock her, rip her face off. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I get that. And some people, like this girl, her husband fights next week. So she, that's their like story is he, her husband is also fighting on contender. So he fights oh. next week and then she fights the week I, I fight, obviously. Um, so like, that's kind of their story, like them starting with the bottom and getting up to here. And I think that's great, you know, that they did that and they're, together but you know some people won't give a shit <laughs> yeah. yeah so we, we were talking about before about like that that call out to dana right have you had any interactions with him and, and not i don't want to like break any bubbles like what is he like if you have i've never i've never spoken to him ever i think the first time i'll meet him is fight night <laughs> and i'm probably gonna be like holy shit this is, you could be my boss soon <laughs> you, should say that. you should definitely say that I know. I think I'm more excited fighting in the UFC and meeting Joe Rogan. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting, you know, like uh, personalities like that in the UFC have brought such a, a strange and, and fun thing to the brand. Yeah. Like Dana White is such a lightning rod for people in, oh. in a way that like, you know, I, I have opinions about some of the things he's done, but you just, you can't help but respect the guy for. Respect him the things that he's, he's put together you know? sports going right now he was yeah. fighting going and people i mean regardless of people hate fights they were watching during quarantine yeah. and during uh-huh. this covid time like it was the only sport that was on tv and you know people were watching and he's smart and he goes i'm gonna keep shit alive and i have the money to do so i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it right like that's the thing is he got a fight island and he had everybody tested and they were there for a month like he's smart and he educated himself and the thing is People hate on him because he's making it work. And, yeah. you know, he, he's lucky to make it work. I think other sports had to watch him and learn from him in order to get shit start going again. It's true. We talked we talked pretty extensively on our main show um, about how badly baseball bungled this entire thing yeah. and how it's funny to watch in 2020 everything just be put in its ass. It's like you look at America's pastime, you know, classic nostalgia baseball yeah. just making, just completely failing and fumbling yeah. through trying to get this back on. And then you look at professional mixed martial arts, cage fighting, just branding, like getting the fights back together, yep. like getting people, getting asses in the seats. Yep. Now, I mean, there's, there's obviously some practicality um, points there. It's like, it's two people in a cage, which is helpful. You know what I mean? As long as yeah. those two fighters are COVID clear, you know, and yeah, like yeah. everyone around them, whatever. But I mean, you just, you, you can't help but give it up to the guy, you know, I'm sure oh, he worked his ass off over those few weeks of yes. maybe we'll fight 100%. on an Indian reservation. Maybe we'll fight on an Island. Maybe we'll fight, yeah. you know, in Abu Dhabi, like whatever it was, you know? So, yeah. And the thing is he, he wanted to make it work and he did. And that's, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't not give him props for that. And, and people will hate on him. And like, I think like him and Bellator, and I, I, I always forget the guy's name who like runs. Yeah. yeah. I think they were like butting heads and he was like talking shit about him um, mm-hmm. after like a press conference one day. I was like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Bellator it's just like doesn't the- have that UFC money. You know, he's the reason he's the reason why everybody knows about mixed martial arts. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like it's it, the, the only the only way I can sit and, and yell semi intelligently at the screen watching a fight is because Dana White, you know, two decades ago started to put this stuff together, you know, yeah. and, and Chuck, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz like had a rivalry. And then like we went from there, you know what I mean? So yeah. you got to give the guy props for that, at least. For sure. And it's the biggest promotion. You know, it's the reason why there is Bellator and mm-hmm. all these other promotions and that they're popular because of the UFC blowing up. It makes people who watch the UFC want to watch the other fights, want to watch Bellator, want to watch one championship. Like it's all because he's made UFC so big. And now everyone's like, Oh, now Bellator is on tonight. Got to watch Bellator. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, one, one championship is on tonight. Got to watch one. LFA is on. Fix. Gotta get yeah. the fix somehow. Yeah. Exactly. When, when they put on that Kimbo Slice Ken Shamrock match, like I was, I was like, that's that's just not, it's just not good for anybody's health to no. watch. <laughs> no, poor Kimbo Slice. He was a great guy, but I mean, 
He was, I mean, fighting Kimbo's why we Kimbo's why we have Jorge Masvidal now. You know what I mean? It's, you this are is, this not is wrong. General, generational stuff here. You he know? is it's one like, of my favorites, and you are not wrong. He's the best. Um, <laughs> like, people hate him, but I love Jorge Masvidal. He is just great. amazing. What do you think of that Usman fight? I think, you know, short I notice. That, you know, for short notice, he performed. You know, you can't take anything from him. Um, again, and he's likable. He's a likable person. I mean, I think a lot of people don't like him, but he's likable and he's, you know, he goes out there and he performs and he's a badass. I think that he, if he had a full fight camp, you know, maybe Usman would have got it. Maybe he wouldn't have, but the fight would have been maybe slightly different. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. Great. It was a great fight. I'd love to see it again. <laughs> i tell you what I love about Masvidal is he kind of, he comes on the scene, he takes a little bit of time off and he kind of gets in everybody's radar with that huge knockout against Askren. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the buildup, he's, you know, like we talked about being authentic and stuff like that, but the buildup is he's just like, I, I fucking hate this guy and, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to knock him out and then yeah. you're never going to have to listen to him again. And I also did not like Ben Askren. So I was like, let's go. Like, Me let's too. do it. He's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. just like, you know, he's just showing up in his flip flops everywhere and being like, Whoa, chill bro. And it's like, come he on. He looks like, like a, a, a dad that should be like yeah. in a soccer game on a weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know? Exactly. But Masvidal goes in there with one of the most spectacular knockouts in the history of the sport. And then Amazing. he's, he's on the map. But before that, you know, he was a journeyman fighter. He, he, yeah. he had a ton of fights, Tons. you know, he had worked his ass off. Like he was, you know, he has this great story of like sleeping in his car outside of the gym and just yep. being all in from day one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that those kind of stories are, are, give such appeal to these fighters yeah. but they have to do something to have people listen you know yeah, what i mean and exactly. it's like which is fine you know it's like you got to earn you got to earn your keep here well, you think like but, not as many people were listening to usman and like usman has yeah. a great story too coming from yeah. africa and doing all his shit yeah. but like people cared less about that and cared more about Masvidal. and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting how how it pans out sometimes what's your opinion on fighters like that you know i, I know that because you obviously fight um for a living and like you're doing it professionally, you probably see a little bit more than your average fan. But you know, if you're just coming into the sport, if you're watching a fight for the first time and you watch Khabib fight or yeah. Usman fight, you're going to go, this guy's fucking boring. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. just going to be like, what's now, do you see more than everybody else? And that excites you? Or do you actually just like people that throw hands, you know, when you're as a fan I, watching, I can appreciate, you know, Okay, the Usman fight, I mean, it's slow. You know, sometimes those fights are slow and you can't expect. But again, you think of the Yoel Israel Adesanya fight. You know, you have to go into a certain fight with a certain, you know, Israel Adesanya knew if I'm going to be getting close to Yoel, he's going to try to knock me out. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a very slow and controlled, but, like, you can appreciate it. But at the same time, every, I think everybody has such – expectations for fights like that and they want it to go a certain way and when it doesn't people have you know a mood about it but I mean like I look forward to watching Khabib even though you know maybe he's on the ground and he's just punching somebody in his crazy lockdown of his legs but he's nuts because he's like I am the fucking winner I'm going to fucking kill you like he yells things and he says things that make you intrigued but of course I want to see people on the feet and fucking crack each other because Mm -hmm. it's awesome you you look forward to shit like that and people are like holy shit like i watched contender last night i don't know if you guys watched it but it was on I did, yeah and there's that kid who hit that other kid with the body kick mm-hmm. and i just smack you hear throughout that whole room and i'm like holy shit like you look forward to things like that because that's yeah. exciting and then you know it ends up on the ground and the kid beats the shit out of him but it's it's almost like i want to see the setup to the ground like mm-hmm. beat the shit out of this kid on the stand-up and then get him on the ground and beat the shit out of him on the ground if you're not gonna like mm-hmm. ko him or stuff like that so it's 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 hit or miss i guess it's based off the fights yeah it's funny it's crazy too i feel like i've been i've been saying this to anyone who listened which is very few people but uh i feel like the lack of crowd has elevated the sport this is my like this is my hottest take of the ufc because you had the crowd in there which I, I feel like there's a lot of people that know about the sport and there's a lot of people that understand what's going on, but there's yes. certain venues like the Vegas crowd, right? The Vegas crowd knows a fight. You know, you can, you, can, you can put a fight in front of a Vegas crowd. They know they're there for a reason. Like, they know what's up. And, um, MSG. Yeah, like same 100%. thing, you know, yeah, definitely same thing. You put it, then you'd have those random cards, right? Where they were in like a, like 
you know, Rochester, Jackson, New York, or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you could actually hear the crowd not knowing what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. and start yelling for shit that like, you're like, no, you idiot. Like the referee can't stand him up. He's in an advantageous position it, or whatever. It makes it you is, want you know? to pull your hair out. Oh, it's the worst. Right. So, but with the, uh, it was the Gaethje Ferguson fight. That was yeah. the, when I really noticed it was when they're fighting in front of no one. And this is like the biggest fight for like, that's happened in months, right? It's Gaethje oh, Ferguson. So fight. good. And every time Gaethje hits him, you're hearing this you're like hearing crunch it. and you're like, you're Oh my it. God, this is, this sport needed, needed this. You yeah, know what it I mean? Does. You have to be close to the action. You know what I mean? It's close and you can hear the commentators. You can hear your corners. You yeah. can, like, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Cause you think, and there's no one to, I think sometimes the audience, not always, but sometimes like you hear people booing and like, even though the judges maybe know what they're doing, maybe they don't, you know, sometimes it reflects, like yeah. it reflects mm-hmm. on things. Like it's mental. Like they may not think about it, but it, it, it it's true. It's hard not to get influenced by that stuff. Yeah. And when people are booing, I like that there's no booing because like people who are uneducated and don't know, they boo and like good things are happening. And you're like, why are these people booing? Like this doesn't make any sense. Like there's good things happening right now. Like give it a minute and let them get back up or move or a sub's going to happen. And it's, it's hard for me, even when I go to like UFC fights and the people around and I'm like, Oh Yeah. Like, how am I not going to get in a fight with somebody here today? (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be fair. Wouldn't be fair. uh, It's funny because, I mean, it is in the grand scheme of things, a fledgling sport. You know, it's it's, it's young and people just don't know enough about it to to be. Because it's boxing fans, like boxers, people who watch boxing their whole life. And then it gets to the ground and they have no idea what's going on. So they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, look at them laying and fucking on each other. And like, this is stupid. (laughs) But then the people who only grapple. They understand like, oh, look at this. He's got his underhook. He's going mm-hmm. for that guillotine choke. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I know you have those. It's like, it's really it's hard. Why I, it's why I don't want uh, Connor to ever get another boxing match because I don't want to talk to boxing fans. Well, they're saying right that now. he's going to maybe fight Pacquiao. Uh, I can't. I can't do it. Get it's just... <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, but, no. you know, I'm a homer. He's smart <laughs> because he knows that it's this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't care. Yeah. He, doesn't he knows care. it's money. He doesn't care. Win, lose, he's getting paid millions. Yeah. And he's going to have it's, crazy it's also, sponsorships. It's not his sport. You know what I mean? He goes and loses in a boxing match. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. For it doesn't legacy. matter. Yeah. And the thing is, all the MMA people are going to watch and all the boxing people are going to watch. So yeah. it's money. It's money in Dana's pocket because Dana lets it. It's like a, a group thing. Like when he fought Mayweather, yeah. I think it was like. Oh, they all made out like bandits. They all made out like bandits. It's they're smart. They play the game. They know how to, you know, make money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Mike, you got anything else for Hillary? No, I just want to say thank you so much, Hillary, for taking the time to. Yeah. Oh, of course. We're, we're so stoked to have you. We would. Uh, I, I mean, I'm personally rooting for you in, in your fight on August 18th. And hopefully, we get you after the after you win. Yes, we, for we, sure. Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah. I'd love it. This yeah. is super fun. It's good. It makes you feel like a. I listen to Joe Rogan every day. So it's like, cool. It's like I'm talking, hanging out. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, totally. Um, I think for anyone that listens to this podcast and for us participating, it, um, we'll definitely have some new Hillary Rose fans. You were so great um, and so gracious for coming on. And, Thank you so uh, much. It was super cool for you guys to reach out to me. I thought it was a great idea. So yeah. 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 We're so happy to have you. Um, so that's it for our first Armchairs Ask Athletes show. Hillary Rose fights on Dana White's Contender Series on August 18th. Um, and we wish her the best of luck, but I don't think she's really going to need it. And uh, thanks, Hillary, for coming on. Thank you. I had such a good time. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you again to our wonderful guest, Hillary Rose, for coming on the show. She is a professional mixed martial arts uh, fighter, and she will be fighting on Dana White's Contender Series on Tuesday, August 18th. If you want to find her on Instagram, she is at Hillary Rose MMA. That's H-I-L-A-R-I-E-R-O-S-E-M-M-A. And you can also find her on Facebook. And don't forget to tune into her fight next Tuesday, August 18th. If you like this show, please subscribe to our channel. If this is your first time hearing it, we'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss any exciting content. If this is your first time hearing this show, we'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss any exciting content. Please subscribe to our channel. You can find all the information about this episode along with a transcript in the description below or on our WordPress page at sundaynightsportswrap.wordpress.com. Follow us on all of our social media pages. We'd love to have you. Links in the description below and on our Buzzsprout page at snsw.buzzsprout.com.
Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today.